What's up? It's Marv from Miles Ahead Podcast. And for today, I want to get my perspective on the Earl Spence Jr. versus the Terrence Crawford fight. So let's dive into it. But first, I want you guys to hit the like, comment, and subscribe. Check out the channel, so you support. I have about 60 plus episodes on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple, and about 20 plus episodes on YouTube. And this is going to be a short take. So let's get into it. Another thing I want to promote before I dive into this is my online store that I recently just created. So go check it out. The link will definitely be in the description. And let's dive into the episode. So as we all know, recently, the most anticipated bout over the last 10 years and one of the biggest bouts over the last 40 plus years regarding Sugar Ray Leonard versus Tommy the Hitman Hearns took place. And basically it wasn't what we were expecting. Okay. I mean, Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao was far more exciting than this fight was. Okay. It was extremely underwhelming. And in my opinion, I think it was because of one person. And that was because of the performance that Earl Spence put out. Terrence Crawford, he was sharp. He was amazing. I mean, he was catching Earl Spence with great counters. He was timing him with his jab. Instead of, you know, starting out slow, he didn't start out slow. He started out at a very good pace. He was able to dictate how he wanted the fight to go. And he was able to shock the world in terms of knocking Spence down in the second round. Okay. Nobody did not see that coming at all. And I'll tell you what, he put on a demolition in terms of Terrence Crawford. I mean, he was a straight up problem all night long for Spence. I mean, in fact, the way that he was boxing that night, it's like he kind of took a break, you know, because he really could have gotten Spence out of there a lot earlier. Okay, maybe in the seventh round or the sixth round, if anything, Derrick James, he should have considered throwing in the towel because it was nothing that Earl Spence could do to win this fight at all. I mean, it's obvious that, you know, Terrence Crawford, he's way more stronger than advertised. Okay, I initially thought that because he's going up against the guy who bullied everybody else in his division, I thought that he would be able to bully Terrence Crawford and show how strong that he is. In fact, it was the exact opposite. I mean, I already was aware that Terrence Crawford was able to deadlift over 450 pounds. And I was also aware that he was able to squat 400 pounds. 
So I knew that he was a very strong individual. And, you know, you could suck. And you could see it in the clinch. Whenever that Earl Spence was trying to hold on to Crawford, Crawford, he was able to dominate him in terms of manhandling him away from trying to clinch up on Crawford. And I mean, you got to give Crawford his credit. I mean, he was timing him. I mean, his lead hand and him turning softball, it was his strong hand. So every jab was like a straight right. And I think that he did extremely great in terms of his defense because normally, you know, Terrence Crawford, he's somebody who doesn't really take his defense as serious as he takes his offense. So I think that Terrence Crawford, if he continues to, you know, trend in this direction, you know, let's say he beats a Charlo and then he beats Canelo. What can people really say about Terrence Crawford other than him being a top 10 boxer of all time. Now, this would not make him the greatest boxer of all time because, you know, it's not like he beat all of the champions at 147 to become the undisputed champion. No, he beat the guy that beat all the other guys. Okay? In this instance for the 147-pound division. And if he were to go up against Charlo, it would have been the same thing. He beat the guy that beat all the other guys. So, yes, you can give Crawford his credit. But to me, that doesn't make him the greatest, okay? Because he didn't face off against Danny Garcia. He didn't face, he, he didn't face off against Jordanus Ugas. He didn't face off against the best version of Sean Porter. Okay, like we're aware that Sean Porter retired after that fight. I mean, there's different types of motivations from when you're taking a belt from somebody when they're a champion. Okay. But does that mean that Terrence Crawford could not have done that? I think it's possible, more possible now that he could have done that. But to me, I just don't think that he measures up just yet as a top 10 all-time great. But he is definitely trending in a very high direction. And one way that he could get up there is by beating Charlo and then beating Canelo. If he does those two other things, and let's say that he takes on a Gerard Ennis down the line, you're going to have to put him in the top 10 conversation. For sure. But as far as Earl Spence, the mistakes that he was making was he wasn't fainting. Okay. And he wasn't moving his head. His head was there to be had. Okay, and Earl Spence, I mean, 
he wasn't, you know, throwing enough jabs. And honestly, I think it's because he started to feel the power of Terrence Crawford first. And I do feel like that definitely did play a huge factor because once he started to feel the power or the timing of Terrence Crawford coming together in the second round, it made it much more difficult for Earl Spence to even land the jab, for him to even catch into rhythm. And, you know, it was complete domination. I mean, it was like six to one in terms of the rounds that Terrence Crawford was taking. And then, you know, he got knocked down twice in the same round, in the seventh round. Now, I picked Earl Spence because of his body work, but he wasn't even able to even get to the body of Terrence Crawford because that's how great that he was defensively and also in the clinch. I mean, Earl Spence, he couldn't even parry a jab. I mean, his way of trying to get rid of a jab was through getting hit in the face. And that definitely was not good for me. And, you know, when it came to him, you know, fighting backwards, he had a huge issue with that as well. I mean, he's too much of a forward level fighter. Okay, like if he was able to, you know, fight a little bit on the backwards and stuff like that, he probably would be a lot better in terms of appearing that he's not hurt. But each time that Terrence Crawford hit him, he appeared more and more hurt each time. Especially when Terrence Crawford was pressing forward on Earl Spence, walking him down. So it was an extremely underwhelming performance from Earl Spence. And, you know, it was very unexpected because everybody, we were all expecting to see one of the greatest fights of all time. But we didn't see that at all. We saw a domination in terms of Terrence Crawford. And you've got to give him his credit. You know, he did his thing. So Terrence Crawford, I mean, he's the man. He's the pound for pound number one fighter in the world. And there's nothing else that could be said about that. I was wrong for picking Earl Spence to win. And, you know, I just got to take that crow. I mean, we're not 100% right on everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, it happens. But uh, I thought that Earl Spence would be able to enforce. I thought that Earl Spence would be able to enforce his will in terms of him being the bigger fighter and him being already accustomed to going up against championship level fighters in that division alone. 
you know, I definitely was not expecting this level of him not moving his head, him not fainting at all, and him just continuously just getting caught. It just wasn't good. And another thing that I'm going to bring up that was in Terrence Crawford's favor was his speed. I mean, he was just far too fast for Earl Spence. Far too fast. His footwork was faster. His hands were faster, which made it way more tougher for Earl Spence to even think about any punch at any moment. Okay? I mean, at one moment in the fight, Earl Spence, he kept throwing the same punches over and over again. A one-two or a one and an overhand. I mean, eventually you're just going to continue to get time. And in my opinion, I believe that the ref did do the right thing in terms of stopping the fight. We understand that Earl Spence, I mean, he's a dog, and he wanted this fight more than anybody. He wanted to prove to himself and to the world that he is that guy. But at the end of the day, he was taking far too much punishment. And it could have been a lot worse for Earl Spence. Okay? I mean, he was already starting to slur his words a little bit before the fight. And we don't want to see Earl Spence being taken away from his family. Okay. And to me, I think that this looks great on Terrence Crawford's legacy, that he was able to beat the man that everybody was afraid of. Keith Thurman was afraid of him. Tim Bradley did not want to face him against him. And, you know, he was the eye snatcher. He was the big fish. And Terrence Crawford reeled him in. He did. So you got to give Terrence Crawford a lot of credit for what he did. And you can't take any credit away from Terrence Crawford from his performance. But you can say that it was very underwhelming on one person's side in terms of Earl Spence. And I heard that Earl Spence... He wants a rematch, okay? And I understand why. I mean, he's a competitor. And, you know, he was not somebody who wants to lose at all. And this is his first loss. And, you know, is it the right thing for him to go into a rematch, especially in December? I mean, it's totally up to him at this moment. But in my opinion, I think that he should probably hold it off. Okay? Maybe go up against Keith Thurman or maybe one tune-up fight just to get his, you know, bearings back in terms of him getting used to fighting. Because prior to the fight against Terrence Crawford, he had not fought in about a year and a half. 
So if Earl Spence is more consistent, then maybe he would probably put on a better performance. But he wasn't. And for Earl Spence to just go in and try to fight Terrence Crawford right away, I just don't think that's smart. Okay? Now, is there things that he could change and adjust? I mean, I do believe that it is very possible. Okay? I think it's possible that he could change some things and end up getting the victory at 154 because, you know, he is worn out in that division. He is. And I think that this makes Derek James look bad. Because think about this. If Thomas Crawford beats Earl Spence again in the rematch and then he beats Charlo, I mean, what else can anybody truly say? This will make Derek James be kind of overhyped as a trainer. And yes, we all know that he has, you know, other fighters in their stable, but it's potential that they could look elsewhere because of him losing all of a sudden that luster that he had in terms of him being the number one trainer in the world. It's just the facts. So as far as Bo Mack, I mean, he did his thing in terms of telling, you know, Terrence Crawford to turn that jab into a hook. And he was doing that all night. So many adjustments in terms of Terrence Crawford, you know, from the swivel jab or being able to, you know, adjust offensively and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't even see a single mark on Terrence Crawford's face. Okay. He looked like he was just sparring. Okay. He looked like he was going up against a heavy bag. And you know what heavy bags do? They don't hit back. So... So, you know, you got to give Terrence Crawford and his training staff a lot of credit. And you got to salute Terrence Crawford putting in a whole lot of work. Can I see him being unbeatable? No. I could see him potentially being beat against Jerron Boots Ennis down the line if they ever face off. Or if he goes up against Canelo, I could see that being a tough fight for Terrence Crawford, you know, but he's beatable. But at this version of him, if he brings this type of, you know, ability defensively, then he could potentially beat Boots, Ennis, and Canelo. He would have to be great defensively. And another reason why I chose Earl Spence is because of Terrence Crawford, I thought that he would be somebody who would fall off defensively because normally his game is predicated more on setting things up for his offense. 
okay? So he does not really, you know, truly, you know, care about the defensive aspect of fighting, okay? I mean, he does, but it's not to the extent of a, you know, Floyd Mayweather, which means that he's he's getting caught more, all right? So I thought that his athleticism would fall off a little bit. And, you know, Terrence Crawford, he just proved that he's the more skilled fighter than Earl Spence. Like I said, can Earl Spence get this victory? Who knows? But I have heard the saying of, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Okay. Earl Spence, he had been fighting the same way since the beginning of his career, since he got with Duke James. So I don't know if he's going to be able to make a serious adjustment and, you know, just move his head and faint more now than ever before. We would have to see. But this would be the but this would definitely be the first time that he would have done something like that in a very high level, other than when he went up against Mikey Garcia. And we've seen a fighter by the name of Deontay Wilder, who basically in the first fight against Tyson Fury, you know, he lost 10 rounds of that fight. But because he got two knockdowns in the fight, they called it a draw. Right? Then the next thing that happens is Deontay Wilder, he was being told that he won that fight. And also the black people during that time or the ignorant blacks, they were saying the refs they were saying the ref was really wrong with the count. Okay? It was critiquing the count. And really, Deontay Wilder got the knockout. That's what they were saying. Right? And then you have Deontay Wilder being very narcissistic. Then the next thing you know, he never did change up his style. Okay? He never did change up his style at all. And that's what caused Deontay Wilder from then on. And he was able to get knockdowns in pretty much all the fights that they went up against each other. Right? But this was not an Ali versus Frazier type of thing where somebody won a fight and somebody lost. The truth is, is Tyson Fury won all three fights. But when it came to 
Deontay Wilder, he was very ignorant and he believed in the first fight that he won, which made him not want to adjust his game plan. Okay? And we all know when it comes to Deontay Wilder, you know, he's pretty much a power puncher. All right? He has the jab, and he's always trying to set up that right hand. And instead of him just, you know, watching the tape, being objective, and, you know, just saying that, you know, he should have lost that first fight, then maybe we probably would have gotten a better version of Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury in the second rematch. But we did it. We did it. And by the time it was the third rematch, he did adjust his game a little bit in the first round. Okay? Remember, in the first round, he was doing jabs to the body. To the body. Right? And he was basically, you know, catching Tyson Fury off guard with that stuff. And it was working. Right? Setting him up to the body. Throwing shots to the body. And then, after the first round, he immediately went back to a style. Which is trying to set up the right hand. And then the next do you know, Tyson Fury, he gets in a rhythm and then he just ends up knocking him out. And he ends up outboxing him again. But remember this, Deontay Wilder, he was far too ignorant and did not want to accept the fact that he needed to work on something. Okay, he wanted to accept what everybody was saying that was black. Oh, you know, you got robbed in the first fight. And next thing you know, he never made any true adjustments. And that's what cost him. Hopefully, that will not be Earl Spence's fate. Okay, in this rematch. Because I hope that this loss will get him to work on the things that he doesn't work on at a very high level. Because like I said, he is a competitor and he's a dog. He's a dog. Very highly respected. All right. Now, it's a lot of I told you so's out, out there. Okay. In terms of you know, Terrence Crawford, you know, getting this win or Terrence Crawford winning in a dominant fashion. But Earl Spence, this is the time when everybody who likes him is going to now tune him out. Now they're going to be like haters or now they're going to be like, you were that, but now you're not that. So now it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Earl Spence is going to be able to bounce back when nobody's in his corner. 
but his children, his wife, and his parents, and obviously, you know, his trainers. But nobody's not going to be in the corner. So will he bounce back and be able to handle adversity and win this next fight? Now, in my opinion, I don't think that he will. But the question is, is it's on him. Will he? All right, it's not on me. All right, it's on him to be able to change himself. Okay? Can he change himself? All right? Into a far better fighter and actually beat Terrence Crawford. All right? He's really got to zone out now. Because Deontay Wilder, he had the chance to zone out. All right? He had the chance to get in the zone of trying to change up his style and do better in the second fight and the third fight. But no. And that's where the old dog wasn't able to be taught new tricks. So hopefully... Earl Spence will be able to change up his style and be able to box better against Terrence Crawford in the rematch. Because he's came back from a car accident. He's came back from a detached retina. Imagine if he comes back from this. Imagine if he comes back from this and gets this win or imagine he comes back and stops Crawford at 154. What can you say about a story ending like that? I can't see it happening. But I will acknowledge this about Earl Spence. He does have a very calm personality, all right? He doesn't really buy into the hype like that, all right? He's not somebody who is all rah-rah. He's, he's not somebody who's, you know, all out there, okay? So I could definitely see him, you know, being a little bit better, all right? So that's my perspective on the Earl Spence versus the Terrence Crawford fight. Great fight by Terrence Crawford. And like I said, underwhelming performance by Earl Spence Jr. And that's my perspective on this fight and I just want to give a brief perspective on Isaac the Pitbull Cruz, <laughs> the undercard. <laughs> that fight was underwhelming. Okay. I mean, he basically displayed why he's going to get knocked out by Javante Tank Davis or somebody who is of a higher caliber as a boxer. I mean, I don't care if it's by Lomachenko 
or Shakur Stevenson or Frank Martin, they definitely would get, they would definitely get him out of there. Because what I was watching from Isaac Pitbull Cruz, he was terrible. All right. He kept trying to land the same punch over and over again. And in my opinion, I think that the guy won. The other guy won. Cabrera. I mean, he was utilizing his jab, utilizing his footwork. He was catching crews here and there. I would actually edge him out in terms of the judges should have gave him the victory. But hey, they want a tank fight. But in my opinion, I don't think that tank should take that fight because he didn't get the knockout. Okay? Cabrera, he had five knockouts in his whole career. He had no power. But yet, this fight goes to distance? What was I watching? <laughs> I mean, Isaac the Pitbull Cruz, he wasn't utilizing his jab. He didn't go to the body enough. He was horrific. And yet, at the same time, he wants to call out Tank at the end of the fight. No, you should not be calling out anybody that has a big name at all. All right? You shouldn't. Not after what I saw. So that's my perspective on the Isaac Pitbull Cruz fight. It was horrific. I expected better. I mean, I know somebody who bet on the first three rounds of it being a knockout. I bet on Isaac Pitbull Cruz winning that fight in the first six rounds. All right. But hey, in my opinion, Cabrera won. And you know what that should really tell everybody? Who in the world did Tank really fight? Who? I'm waiting. Because until he fights Lomachenko, who he was afraid to go, who he was afraid to go up against, because he was, all right, but Devin Haney, he wanted to take that challenge. And until he goes up against Shakur Stevenson, I don't know what anybody could really say about Tank right now in terms of his competition. I mean, it's been horrific. Okay? I mean, it seems like he's kind of doctored up to be this knockout puncher. And he is a great and he is a great fighter. All right. He has high boxing IQ and he has great power. Right? But at the same time, who in the world did he really fight? Who? So until he goes up against those types of fighters in terms of a Frank Martin, a Devin Haney, a Lomachenko, 
and Shakur Stevenson. Until he goes up against those guys, don't even talk about Tank being at any level in terms of him being a top five boxer in this situation. Because we got to see him go up against these other fighters. So that's my perspective on that. And another thing I want to talk about real quick before I end this. Floyd Mayweather would smoke the mess out of Crawford. Okay? All right, this should not even be a conversation. Okay? Floyd Mayweather is a far better boxer than Crawford ever was. Okay? And he beat all the guys, okay? All right? I mean, he beat 23 world champions. 23. And he's the greatest defensive fighter of all time. And plus, he's very accurate also. I mean, a lot of people, they want to question... Floyd Mayweather's punch of power. But we all know that Floyd Mayweather had brittle hands. Brittle. Okay? That was an issue of this. Okay? But nobody asks themselves, how come that nobody just walked him down? Because he had power. Okay? He had power. It's just the facts. I mean, Shane Mosley, he's on record of saying that Floyd Mayweather hits just as hard as Canelo Alvarez. Just accept it. Floyd, May Floyd Mayweather, he's the better tactician. He has a far higher boxing IQ. He's a far better defender, has far better footwork. And in my opinion, let's just say hypothetically that Floyd Mayweather never had any issues with his hands at all. It's very potential. It's very likely that Floyd Mayweather would have killed at least three or four people or turned him into vegetables because of his boxing ability. And he definitely would have had a whole lot more knockouts. So yes, Floyd Mayweather is a far better boxer than Terrence Crawford ever was. All right. Now, I'm not mad at Terrence Crawford saying that he would take himself to win that fight. Of course he would. He's a boxer, and he's one of the best boxers, of, and he's one of the best boxers of all time. But I need people to stop with the cap of people saying that, oh, I would take Terrence Crawford over Floyd Mayweather to win a fight. Are you crazy? 
That's the best ever. Literally. All right. Again, we didn't see him be everybody to get to Earl Spence. Okay. We didn't see that. All right. Like I said, Floyd Mayweather, he was beating a lot of guys. All right. He beat 23 world champions. Give him his credit. All right. And I understand why, you know, people want to, you know, compare Terrence Crawford to Floyd Mayweather because this is now, okay, this is something that just happened in terms of this fight. And, you know, he dominated. Okay. And ESPN, they don't like Floyd Mayweather and they don't like the PBC. So I can see why they would promote, you know, Terrence Crawford beating a Floyd Mayweather. Okay. And I understand why Terrence Crawford would take himself. Why wouldn't he? He's confident. Okay. But I definitely don't want to hear anything about, you know, Floyd Mayweather coming back to go up against Terrence Crawford. Floyd Mayweather, he's retired. Just let him just let him go in peace. All right. So that's my opinion on that situation as well. And you know, have a great rest of your weekend. And remember, let's not be inches, feet, meters, nor yards. Let's be miles ahead. Have a good one.